0: You don't know what sentence you have, what are you doing there, for how long you're going to be there. Sometimes you feel you are there forever.
1: Detained indefinitely, the foreign prisoners who are stuck in the system at a cost of £80 million a year. Just deport me back, you know, you kept me in the detention, why you didn't deport me back?
2: I, I ask you a million times, I beg you, please just deport me back. I want to go back, to I don't want to
1: waste my time here. There's been a lot of talk about control orders in the press recently, but less is heard about the hundreds of foreign prisoners who are being detained indefinitely at the end of their sentences. You might remember that in 2006, there was an outcry when it was discovered that foreign prisoners weren't automatically being considered for deportation at the end of their criminal sentences. Charles Clarke resigned, and the public fury led to a radical change in government policy, All foreign nationals were to be kept in immigration detention at the end of their criminal sentences. Five years on and there is a big problem with this tougher approach. Many of the people being detained simply can't be removed and this is leading to hundreds of people spending years in detention. Lawyers say it's a massive breach of human rights and are fighting the Home Office in the courts. I've been speaking to the detainees caught up in what they say is a living nightmare. No way forward. And no way back. Brabber has just been released on bail after spending two years in immigration detention while the Home Office tried to remove him from the UK. Before he went to prison, he'd been living legally in the UK for 22 years. He was married and had children here. Then one day he was arrested for being in possession of what he says was a knife for use in his job as a pastry chef. He told me how a long life in the UK fell apart following his arrest that day.
0: They charged me for that, being caught, remind. Barista came again, advice wrong. plead guilty, I get you out. Pleaded guilty one year. I thought, what? I appealed, end up with nine months. I'd done four months and a half. Immigration came. They said, it's the end now. We can get involved because you've got a weapon. Now you've got criminal record, you've been charged, you pleaded guilty for it, blah, blah, blah.
1: Did you tell the Home Office, when they were telling you that they were going to deport you, did you tell them that you had a family here and that you had lived here for 22 years? Yes.
0: From the beginning, the immigration even, they are accusing me, why are you calling yourself, you British? I'm married to British citizen. My dad, my brother, all my family, my kids British. Oh, you declare you've got children and family, we've got nothing in the record. You don't exist in the record.
1: Just to clarify, you came here from your country and you were given leave to remain as a refugee, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, straight away in '94. yeah. Rabah fought against his deportation order and refused to cooperate with the Home Office, arguing that he should be allowed to stay with his family in Britain.
0: No, I've got no one in my country. The important one, my dad, my mum, my big brother and me. My kids, I've got children in here, so... I mean, I don't understand why they sent me to Algeria for.
1: What is the atmosphere like in Colnebrooke? Yeah.
0: Terrible. You know, it's prison, it's not detention. And detention kill your dead life. You give you a room, you open the door, you eat and sleep like animal. That's it, no more. Door after door, door after door, door after. So many doors, man. To go just to get medication, you need six, seven doors. You don't know what sentence you have, what are you doing there. For how long are you going to be there? So some, sometimes you feel you are there forever.
1: Eventually, Rabah was released from detention by a sympathetic judge, who agreed his case had dragged on for too long. The judge told home office lawyers they couldn't have any more time to try and get travel documents.
0: Yeah, the judge is told immigration because she keeps saying, oh, my honor, you can't let him go. No, no, we have to hold him. I think soon, I think, always she's thinking. She can get travel document. He goes, I don't want to hear about that. Crap. That's what he said. He said, this is too long. He's been here too long and he keeps saying, every time he comes to court, we get it, we get it. We didn't say nothing, so... Unfortunately, I'm going to let him go.
1: He left me go. As Rapper found out when he was trying to fight his case, there is no limit on how long someone can be held for under Immigration Act powers. But the law is intended to facilitate removal... The Home Office say that Rabah only spent so long locked up because he refused to cooperate with his own deportation. But there are many detainees who are spending years in detention even though they are willing to go home.
2: Yeah, this is my dirty house, kitchen. And
1: let me see. I met Ahmed in a grimy Home Office bail hostel in North London. He came to the UK from Iran, was refused asylum. And shortly afterwards ended up in prison after being convicted of assault for getting in a street fight. He described his journey around the detention system while the Home Office tried to obtain travel documents so he could go home.
2: My prison sentence finished. Over my prison sentence I've been extra in prison for three months. After three months, finally they sent me to dongavel detention center and they sent me from dongavel to Dover. After in Dover they sent me to Brookhouse. Detention centre, after broke out, they sent me to and finally in Cullenbrook in November, I'm here now. I come out and I'm here now.
1: So altogether, how long did you spend in detention?
2: Altogether, nearly two years.
1: That was after your sentence finished? Yes, yes. So you wanted to go back to Iran, you would happily have gone back there, but nobody came to see you or facilitated that?
2: That time, yeah, I was more than happy to go back. You know, my embassy, it was keep lying. I don't know, I don't believe none of this immigration word. yeah, but what they were saying to me, immigration, they were saying, yeah, your embassy, they're not replying to us. Just saying, yeah, we send this origin letter, origin fax, another origin fax, this and that. Just keep saying origin, 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 and then origin, how long? Origin is, me mean, one day,
1: one week, one month, one year, not two years. Ahmed applied for bail 20 times while waiting to be removed, but every time he was told his criminal conviction meant he was a high risk of absconding or reoffending.
2: They say, Oh, you are a violence disorder, your crime is my crime, it was just three kick to be honest, yeah. Only three kick. I kicked a guy, his back. Nothing happened to him, I just make his clothes dirty. That's all happened to him, that's all my crime and then they say, Oh, this is
1: violence. I never think I wanna to go to prison for this kind of crime. I think the the problem is a lot of people would say you were a failed asylum seeker, weren't you? Your case had been refused. Yeah. So y- you commit a crime. People think you should be made to leave the country.
2: Yeah, how? But How, how, yeah, in 2005, they say you have to leave this country. And then they take my, my house, my benefit, everything. And then they say, you have to leave. How, how do you want me to leave? You know, how, just tell me I've got no passport to leave. I mean, just deport me back, you know, you kept me in the detention. Why you didn't deport me back? I, I ask you a million times, I beg you, please, just deport me back. I want to go back. to me. I don't want to waste my time here.
1: After two years without any progress of his case, Ahmed, like Rabah, was finally granted bail by a judge. But people held under immigration powers don't automatically appear before a judge. That only happens if they make an application for bail themselves. I've come to the offices of a charity called Bail for Immigration Detainees. As you'd expect, they help detainees get bail. A team of lawyers take calls from detention centres around the country. With me is Pierre Maclouf, head of law here.
3: For us, one of, the, one of the main priorities is length of detention, because we have people who have been in immigration detention for one, two, three years The British domestic courts have made that clear, the European Court of Human Rights has made it clear that the sole purpose of detention is for the purpose of immediate removal, and removal must be imminent, because you can apply for a travel document from certain countries such as, let's say, Iran, and without certain uh, original papers, it can take many months, over six months, often a year, to get any documents. The the Home Office has a problem in the sense that with countries where we have not the most amicable relationships, that sometimes documents may not be forthcoming. And in those circumstances, we would say that's not the fault of the detainee. You can be detained for the purpose of the Secretary of State, considering whether or not she should remove you. Having made that decision, that she actually wants to make a decision to consider your status, who then proceeds with that second stage of considering your actual substance of application, it's
1: it sounds a bit Alice in Wonderland. It
3: it it's, it can be very hard to explain to a detainee, and it's very hard to explain to people who have permanent residence in the UK that that uh, although they might have family. Or they might have been in the UK since they were children and never been back home and not know anyone back home. But the Secretary of State is considering their status and reviewing whether or not they should be allowed to remain. And that during that time, they actually have to stay in detention and they can't go home. And that, trying to explain that to especially young people who who really have become British, is a difficult concept.
1: And it's not just lawyers who are fighting to get people out of immigration detention. I've come to a meeting in Canterbury about cuts to legal aid for migrants. One of the groups organising it, a Kent refugee help, they put up their own money and stand as personal sureties for men held at the local Immigration Removal Centre in Dover.
4: My name's uh, Pete Keenan. I moved back into the Dover area. I was very aware of the detention centre being up, up on the hill. And the sheer horror of finding that there are people who aren't terrorists who aren't subject to the furore surrounding the 28 days which has now been reduced to 14 days just the other day but who are in there for an absolutely indeterminate period years years literally years at vast expense to taxpayers it's just appalling it's a kafka situation without any doubt and to be honest with you the sheer joy of getting somebody out of an in- interminable prison sentence and just seeing what the difference that makes to an individual's life is just fantastic there's nothing like it
1: so you've personally stood as surety for people you've got to know
4: yes yes indeed yeah yeah and uh, never once regretted it it's just like you know fantastic really is
1: how far have you gone to support the people that you meet in detention in order to get them out
4: Th- there was one uh, uh, who's now a person who's a friend who there was no way he was he wasn't going to be allowed bail unless somebody was prepared to actually give him a roof over his head because that was an additional commitment to say that you really believed in them you know he was a i mean a completely reformed character he'd been through all the processes of uh, rehabilitation i'm so glad i took that chance you know it's what humanity is all about to be quite honest with you you know
1: one of the speakers here today has just won an unlawful detention verdict from the High Court after being detained for three and a half years while the Home Office tried to remove him from the UK. He says the Home Office used detention to punish him when he tried to fight his deportation order so he could stay with his family in the UK.
5: They kept me there for 28 months in prison as an immigration detainee. They said, like, lack of non-cooperation. Was you know? that true? I, w- I didn't want to cooperate with them in the first place, no. because. You know, I mean, I I had family here.
1: You had a child here. I
5: have a child here and I have uh, brothers and nephews, nieces, cousins, aunties. It was true because I didn't cooperate, but it was always insisted that I will cooperate with you if you remove me to a detention center. But the person who was in charge of my case that time, he said to me, if you don't cooperate with me, I will leave you to rot in here. And he did. He left me to rot in prison for 28 months.
1: He said
5: that to he you said that, yeah he said that that's his words you know his, his words, not mine. who was he: I was an immigration officer uh,
1: So you, you were very determined 28 months you refused to cooperate I, Yeah I did because
5: I did have a point to prove you know I'm an immigration detainee I finished my criminal sentence I shouldn't be here. I am treated like a prisoner you know this is a hard regime prison it's a big cat prison yeah and BCAT prison is designed to be a hard regime. That means you are locked up. If you're not working, if you're not doing education, you are locked up for about 23 hours a day.
1: And y- what was your status before you went to prison?
5: Was, I had indefinite leave to remain. It was granted to me on the basis of my marriage.
1: Which um, they took away when you committed the offence. they
5: defend. took away, the, yeah, they said they committed an offence. You know. could, could I ask what,
1: what form was, of crime?
5: The, the crime I committed was my marriage broke down. I didn't handle the situation properly. And I got involved in drug. I ended up committing a crime to fund my drug habit. So it wasn't a murder, it wasn't a rape, it wasn't, you know.
1: How long was the sentence?
5: The sentence was 10 months. So 10-month sentence I ended up doing uh, 45 months altogether.
1: With the help of lawyers from Bail for Immigration Detainees, the charity we heard from earlier, he got bail from detention and then won the right to have a judicial review of his entire case.
5: The judge ruled in my favour in the end. He he ruled that my detention was unlawful for ten months. And he absolutely tore them apart to, to pieces. Like he, he found out all the lies that they were saying and all that.
1: Did you get awarded compensation for your case?
5: Yes, I did, but they offered some offer a couple of days ago, which was the lowest offer they offered. We're not accepting it. Uh, it wasn't done for the money, to be honest with you. It was nothing to do with money. I just wanted justice to be done. You know, I spent 25 years in this country. I established my, my roots in this country, you know. I mean, like, even Arabic, I forgot how to speak it. So it was it was about getting justice done in, in the end, you know, to prove the UK border agency are victimising a lot of people, you know. I was going to be a casualty of that
1: as well. He's not alone in winning compensation from the Home Office. Civil claims for damages for unlawful detention are becoming increasingly common. Between 2008 and 2010, the Home Office paid out £15 million in compensation for unlawful detention. Many of those cases are foreign criminals held for what judges say is too long after a sentence finishes. So an important question for judges and lawyers is how long is too long? the UK is one of only a few countries in Europe that has no time limit at all on immigration detention. Stephanie Harrison is a lawyer at human rights firm Garden Court Chambers. She says there needs to be a time limit to protect detainees.
6: There is no time limit. Some judges are prepared to say that 16 months of detention is too long, but at the same time, other courts have upheld detention for periods significantly longer than that but certainly in other European countries there are time limits on detention and it is really essential if you are going to ensure that there isn't a culture of indeterminate detention with all the negative consequences that can have for a person's mental and physical health that you do have some statutory time limits on how long they can be detained pending removal.
1: What kind of time limit do you think there should be?
6: I can't see that it could ever be acceptable to hold a person for longer than 12 months. That if you haven't been able to determine their claim or to effect their removal within that sort of time frame, then there's something fundamentally wrong with the system and the responsibility should fall to the government to ensure that there is an effective system that operates within that sort of timescale rather than penalising the person.
1: Detaining someone in immigration detention costs £75,000 a year. So why is the Home Office so keen to keep people
6: locked up when they can't be removed? Stephanie Harrison says it's political. There has been a move to detention which is increasingly unconnected to the limited powers that the Home Office have to detain pending uh, examination or removal and there are significant numbers of people who are being detained where their cases can't be progressed or they can't practically be removed. I, I think it arises from the policy decision that foreign national prisoners ought not to be released once they've completed their prison sentence and should be detained and so it is politically motivated in that sense. There is
1: no doubt that since 2006 the government has been under pressure to be tough on foreign prisoners. Keith Faz is head of the Home Affairs Select Committee. He agrees there is a problem, but he doesn't think it's politically motivated.
7: I do think it's a policy decision. I think it's just gross inefficiency. And it's inexcusable when you're talking about a very large amount of taxpayers' money and people who are waiting for decisions. And so you get a lot of money, 80 million plus being spent, on keeping people here uh, while the Home Office is still considering what to do with them.
1: I met individuals who were given the deportation order, then a year later, at the end of their prison sentence, no movement had been made on their deportation. One individual I met spent another two years waiting to go back to Iran. Then they had to release him at the end because they'd failed to get him travel documents. Are you seeing that kind of thing?
7: Yes, and that is the problem we have. And I feel that there is still not enough focus being made on trying to deal with these cases. Some of these people ought to be allowed to stay if there are compassionate circumstances, if they've got a family here, and if the circumstances of the crime that was committed um, is one that a judge feels it would be appropriate for them to stay. But I think the problem is the delay in administering the system. That is the big problem that we have.
1: Do you think actually there needs to be a time limit to stop this happening?
7: I think there has to be. And as the previous uh, Home Secretary, John Reid, said, he didn't believe that the Home Office was fit for purpose. If it was an isolated uh, number of cases, one would understand it. But it pervades the whole of the border agency, this terrible delay in dealing with cases. Most of the casework of most of the MPs is all about writing and asking what's going on. At the last surgery last Friday, I would say it was 95%. Of my cases are immigration related.
1: So something's going very wrong.
7: Something is going very wrong. Mm. And they're all related to delay. Uh, that is the problem. And they don't seem to want to deal with that problem.
1: I asked to speak to the Immigration Minister, Damien Green, but was told he wasn't available. He did send a statement. It said Our priority is to protect the public. And we strongly believe foreign lawbreakers should be removed from the UK at the earliest possible opportunity. The UK Border Agency will automatically seek to deport any foreign national criminal who has been jailed for a serious offence. But what about the Liberal Democrats? They were the only party who mentioned indefinite detention in their manifesto. And of course, they recently fought to bring an end to control orders, which affects a far smaller group of people than immigration detention. Last year, I saw Simon Hughes address a meeting on the issue of foreign prisoners. He said he would be fighting within the Home Office to stop the practice of indefinite detention. But has being in government given him a more pragmatic approach? I asked him if there should be a cut-off point where if someone has lived here long enough they should be allowed to stay, even if they commit a crime.
8: Well, there's never been a right to stay forever to anybody, given to anybody who wasn't a UK citizen at birth. I don't think you'd find any support in this place for changing the policy which says that if you acquire citizenship, it is conditional. And therefore, by definition, there can't be a cut-off point. Of course, your roots get deeper and your linked ties get broader. But you know, you, you, if you want to come, become British and you sign the line or you want to have a leave to remain, you're effectively saying, I agree to abide by the rules. And I think you have to be fairly clear that if you commit a serious breach of the rules, you are at severe risk of being told, I'm sorry, you have to go back to where you came from.
1: I suppose where that then ends up is this issue of indefinite detention, which the Liberal Democrats in their manifesto said they were opposed to. Seems to be a major human rights issue if people can be held without automatic right to bail or the automatic right to appear before a judge. Would you like to see significant changes to that?
8: I mean, the answer is yes we clearly need to get away from having people who are being indefinitely and this is definitely detained not indefinitely because anybody has said it's indefinite it's indefinite by default because the case has not been resolved and that's why it's indefinite i mean in general terms the maximum we're talking about to my knowledge is two or three years
1: well, the case in front of yeah. the supreme court at the moment and he's been in detention five years
8: okay. i mean there may be one or two cases about it, but but we're generally talking about most cases that I've seen are resolved in two or three years at most. But yet, yeah, there will be exceptional cases. It's
1: a huge amount of time, given that the sentence was already completed yeah, already. No, no,
8: of course, of course, it is, and and it's a I mean, it's a nonsense of an outcome. But I don't think the the resolution lies in creating rights that suddenly you should acquire a right to stay just because the issue hasn't been sorted, because it may not have been sorted through no fault of the UK authorities, authorities in the UK. I think the remedy that we should try, and what I'm seeking for the government to do, is try to start the administrative processes much earlier in every case.
1: One lawyer said to me that 12 months was the, the longest the Home Office should have, and if you couldn't remove someone or resolve their case after that, there's something wrong with the system itself, and you should be forced to release that detainee.
8: But that doesn't answer the fundamental question, which is whether that means you would release everybody irrespective of the severity of their offense, if they were a rapist or serial rapist.
1: but but British rapists are released at the end of their sentence.
8: Yeah, I agree, but uh, these are not British rapists. They are people whose entitlement to be here was conditional on them behaving. And there is a different public policy issue. I mean, I understand the human rights issue, but there's a different public policy issue. If they are destined for removal, then to let them out, especially when occasionally, tabloids will always say it's more often, but occasionally there's, there's a reoffending. Now, you could have mechanisms, we're going to scrap control orders, there's going to be a new surveillance regime. Uh, there may be ways in which that could apply across the board in this area. But I think you'd find difficulty in persuading the government of any color to have a fixed point which requires release into the community irrespective of the severity of the offense or offenses i mean if people are say take the example iranian or uh, algerian at the moment and they're not able to be sent home except in the most severe criminal cases at the end of the sentence they should be released uh, pending the change of circumstances in iran or algeria wherever it is.
1: So in theory, public policy demands, the way you see it, that that someone, for example, who is a a serious rapist could be detained forever if they couldn't be removed?
8: Well, every case has to be judged on its merits. Um, uh, In each case, there reasonably should be a process which should evaluate, is it safe to release them now? Um, uh, And in that consideration would be uh, their normal rights of been released whether there can be sufficient protection that they don't get lost, To the, I mean, that's the real issue. Will there be risks to public safety? It's yes, considerable. Will they? And will they abscond? If you can put in measures that are as watertight as any can be, that give those protections, then of course um, the court should be satisfied that they can be released, of course.
1: So what next in this battle over indefinite detention? While lawyers fight case by case to win unlawful detention judgments for individuals, there is a case currently before the Supreme Court that focuses on the wider issue of what powers the Home Office should have to detain foreign prisoners pending removal. The case, known as WL Congo, started in 2008 when five detainees launched a joint action claiming they had been held for too long. While examining the case, the courts made a discovery that after Charles Clarke resigned, the Home Office began operating a secret policy of a presumption of detention of all foreign prisoners at the end of their sentences. They kept this policy secret from the lawyers, detainees and the courts. That policy has been judged to be unlawful because it was kept secret. But the battle continues because the Home Office is still fighting for the right to hold people without any time limit if they have a serious criminal conviction. Pierre at Bell for Immigration Detainees explains why this change in Home Office policy over the last few years is so important.
3: What effectively happened was when the huge incident of the release of foreign national prisoners occurred in 2006, and there was the huge furore about that situation, and lots of detainees were rearrested. So the Home Office then tried to introduce a policy all foreign national prisoners, once they had completed their criminal sentences, should be kept in detention. So it was effectively continuing and maintaining their detention and going against the basic principle of our law, which is that there's a presumption to liberty. But the effect really is that it will only be in very, very rare circumstances that someone who's committed a criminal offence will be released.
1: Don't you think, though, that is actually what the public want?
3: I certainly think that that is what the public want. If I was to say to you that criminals are bad people, I think you'd probably say, oh, yes, they are. But if I then say to you that someone who's committed a a crime and served the sentence and who may have family, um, a wife, children, or who may have no recollection of life abroad may have a case to put forward and should be listened to, I think you would also say that that's true.
1: So you think perhaps if the public knew in more detail what was going on, they would be more sympathetic?
3: I, th- I think human lives are much more complicated than tabloid stories. Unfortunately, when you're trying to describe the problems faced by detainees, immigration detainees, refugees, it's very easy for people to fall asleep, to be honest. What is lose concentration, not listen. But that's what's needed, is concentration. You have to understand a person as a human being really, before
1: you start meeting out justice. So what does the future hold for these detainees? One of the saddest parts of this story is that Ahmed is still trapped by his circumstances even though he's been released. He can't be sent back to Iran, but the Home Office won't let him settle here. He can't work and is given £35 a week to live on. For him, it's not a life.
2: I've got no future you know, I've got no future, I, I try to build build a new life but I can't you know, I can't, my, my hand is closed. What would
1: you like in the future, What what if you could change your life? I mean,
2: build a family, I don't know, go to Vogue and you know, what the normal people do you know, I'm a normal person, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a killer or I didn't I don't know. why. I'm a normal people, a normal person, you know. Take my kids to the school and some kind of stuff like this, you know, like normal people. I don't want to live like this all my life. Thirty-five pound a week. Be an illegal immigrant, whatever they call asylum seekers. Yeah, refugee. I don't know what's the call. Go to the, go to the ASDA and sweat and sweat with that, my that home office card. You know. How you old cannot. are you? I'm 33 years old man now. I really want to
1: get on with your life.
2: I know. It's, I think it's too late now. I mean, I don't know. It never, never late, but, you know, it's mentally they make me it's tired and like an old man. You know, it just, it just kills you. It just kills you mentally.
1: There is no doubt that the Home Office are in a difficult situation. They promise to be tough on foreign prisoners, but as we've heard, many simply can't be removed. The Supreme Court is currently considering what limits there should be on the powers that the Home Office has to detain foreign prisoners when they want to remove them. Lawyers say that if the Home Office win, they'll be able to ride roughshod over individual rights. But one thing is certain whatever the outcome, the use of immigration detention is increasing here and across Europe. The battle to define those limits will not end with this one case. And a resolution for Ahmed, who isn't wanted here but can't go home, doesn't look likely to come anytime soon.